way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. The use of American money is increasingly being rejected, while the hatred for the Jews is becoming more accepted. While rats in New York City are currently ruling the day, the influence of the Christian church is truly falling away. But this show is full of so much more than just a bunch of rhymes, so let's discuss and learn as we explore this week's Signs of the Times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, May 5th. 2023. Signs of the Times is like poetry in motion, just like our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products. They can string together different policies so they all work together harmoniously, just like a rhyme. For a personalized quote, you can contact Bob Johnson Insurance by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And you can hit us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, uh, shoot your shot and send us your prophecy question or share any episode or archives or read the articles that we talk about for yourself. And now, here to tell us the difference between a shawarma and a falafel is Pastor Mark. Who went to a bookstore and saw a book titled How to Solve 50% of Your Problems? So he bought two. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Yeah, no, that's, I was, it was close. No, that's good. That that's, was uh, that was on the edge of smilence to a little bit of humor. Yeah. Okay. No, that's like the guy that got on the elevator with my mom and told her he wanted to go to the eighth floor. If, if he could, he, she said it only goes to five. He said, well, you could push the three as well. <laughs> And she started looking for the three to push it. <laughs> That's good. That is. So you get 50%. You kind of did the same thing. That's good. Man. I like and that. Look, people don't know what it's like to actually work right across from a poet. I mean, you, you know, Greg, Greg the poet. And so uh, anyway. Uh, oh, it's a unfortunate. I don't even know. Call it a gift. It's just a quirk. Anyway, uh, before we get into our articles, Pastor Mark wants to talk about he's in. He's been uh, uh, having a, a topical series here at Calvary Knoxville. Uh, basically the Truth Exposed series, or I don't even know what you call the series, yeah. but it's uh, you know really trying to f- identify the true Jesus, the true scriptures, and the true Christian and the law. Yeah, and, yeah, and dive into those. And so today you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the true Christian and the yeah. law. Yeah, just briefly, yeah. you know, kind of giving a, a a little headline of what we're doing. I, I don't do series. That's not. I'm not a series pastor. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm not opposed to that. That's just not my style. I'm line by line, verse by verse through the Bible, and I kind of hold to that. However, uh, oftentimes between books, uh, we'll come to a place where, uh, you know, it's a great time that if there's something the church needs, it's a great time to take care of that need and just say, oh, we're going to do a topical on this subject or whatever. Yeah. And there were three topics, Greg, that are just really blowing through the church right now. Not just here. I mean, yeah, nationwide. The church in general, yes. Yeah, nationwide. And that is we're seeing lots of, uh, the Bible says in the last days, you'll see false teachings come through, doctrines of demons coming in. We've seen a real tra- a challenge on the true scriptures. What are the scriptures? Uh, so we did a, a, a teaching on the true scriptures. Uh, then we had a challenge on, on we're seeing challenges on who Jesus is. I mean, even to the point, some it'll say, usually it was he's either God or he's not, or, or he's a God or whatever. Now it's well, saying, no, he's God, but he's lesser than the real God, but he's still God. And it's weird. It's kind well, of Well, when people don't know who a woman is, then it yeah. stands to reason you wouldn't know who the true Jesus yeah, is. Yeah, it's kind of morphing into right. something. So exactly. we addressed that as well and looked at that, looking at doctrinal issues. And th- this week we're looking at, um, you know, the law, the Christian and the law. And this is one that... Um, is such a temptation for people to fall into. There's something about following the law that makes us feel self-righteous. It makes us feel like mm. we're doing something to help God out. But I, I just want to appeal to those out there that may be being tempted by those. If you're hearing those teachings coming in the church that we're supposed to obey the law, there couldn't be. That's one of the greatest insults you could give to Jesus Christ. And here's the reason why. 
The Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 5, he fulfilled it. He came to, he came to fulfill it. And then the law. And then on the cross, he said, it is finished. And, and the word there, to telestai, means paid in full, which means there's nothing else you can do. It is paid in full. That's why he came. So when we try to keep the law or do something to earn our right before heaven, we're basically saying to the Lord, you know, you said it was finished, but really... Not quite. Yeah. You, you didn't quite. Nice, nice try. You didn't quite. You, you weren't quite enough to do what's needed. So therefore, I need to keep the Sabbath. And you weren't quite enough to do that. So I've got to keep this. Now, uh, let me break this down. And there may be some of you right now that even have never thought about. Maybe you think you're supposed to keep the Sabbath or some of these other, maybe the feasts or some of these other things. There's nothing wrong in setting aside a day that you want to rest. That's a good thing. It's healthy. And, and if you're setting aside to seek the Lord, I think that's very honoring. That's a good thing to do. But it's not a command given to us um, in the New Testament. The, the law is broken up into two segments, civil law and moral law. Moral law is eternal, and that is you, you can't rape people. You can't murder people. That's not, that's not like a civil law. Uh, that's just morals. You're, you're, it's wrong to kill someone. It's wrong to rape. Um, you know, but civil law has to do with guidelines God gives either to like paint a picture or to make a statement like the feasts were given as a as a civil law so that they would always have a memorial to remember what God had done the passover I'm sorry um the the sabbath was given uh to to as a law so they'd remember okay God created and 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 you have a coming rest there's going to be a rest so I want you to physically do that rest for now under civil law until I give you your rest in Jesus Christ and fulfill it once Jesus came we now have our rest, the New Testament tells us, in Jesus Christ. So there's no longer a need for that civil law of the Sabbath. So the moral law will always stand. It's, you know, people, what about the, the, the Ten Commandments? The moral part of the Ten Commandments, yes, we're still to adhere to those. I mean, we don't follow it in the sense of a law to get to heaven and be saved. But we still shouldn't be killing people. We shouldn't be raping people. We shouldn't be, you know, coveting others' wives, etc. So the, it's, it's morals. It's what's right and it's what's wrong. But the civil part, for example, the Sabbath, that was a civil law. You never see the Sabbath. All the, all the other nine, for example, in the Ten Commandments are mentioned in the New Testament, except the Sabbath. It's the only one that is not reestablished. The only, the only way the Sabbath is mentioned in the New Testament is don't do it. Paul said, don't let anybody judge you based on Sabbaths or new moons or feasts. That's or true. So the Sabbath, and why? It was the civil law that Jesus fulfilled. It was the civil law that Jesus did away with. The moral law is eternal. And so we don't kill animals anymore. We don't have to worry about our dietary restrictions. We don't have to keep the feast. We, we don't have to keep the, the Sabbath by law. But there are things that but are... But he also didn't sin against those commandments either. I mean, he was sinless right. in all ways. Well, he, yeah. he kept all those. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying, I mean, yeah. He, he came to fulfill them. So, right. And I've heard even people say, Greg, well, Jesus kept the law. Well, yes, he had to. Number one, he hadn't died yet on the cross, and that was still under the authority of the Father. The civil law was still in, 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 Intact. in, in force. Yeah. yeah. But but that was his point. He came to fulfill it because mankind couldn't. He said in the garden, if there be any other way, yeah. let this cup pass. So, yeah. And interpretation. If there's any other way that I can save mankind other than me uh, you know, dying for their sins and, and taking care of the civil law because they, they, they have that requirement, then yeah. do it. But if there's not, I'll go to the cross. There wasn't. He had to go to the cross. So... You know, we're going to be talking about some of that, looking at the theology of that, the doctrine, if you will, of that, as far as following the law. We're going to get into the book of Galatians and talk a little bit about that. And Paul wrote, you know, if you if you wonder about the law, it's a great letter just to sit down and read the book of Galatians in one sitting, mm. uh, because Paul basically calls it another gospel. He says, you know what, uh, you, you, if you're if somebody's telling you you have to come under the law, he said, that's a different gospel. That's not the gospel that I bring. The law is not good news. The law was hard. The law was was kind of bad news. That is, you're all sinners, and here's the guidelines to stay stay within them. It wasn't good news. The good news was, I've paid for all that, and now you're no longer under it. How many uh, civil points were there in the Jewish law? Well, there's as far as civil and moral, I know this. The Jewish law has 613. So, so I knew it was 600 and something. 613 I laws, and I don't know, Greg, whether those are all civil or whether that includes the moral in that. Sure. As far as for the Jews, probably right. everything. So you that's got, all of it. So you have 613 laws plus throw on the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And Jesus literally walked through the landmine of of a fallen world and life. For 30 plus years yeah. and didn't step on one of them. That's right. That's right. He was perfect and flawless. It, it, to that point, to the up to the garden, he had 
he had fulfilled the law, but he had to pay the price for those that broke the law. Yeah, he was paying our price. Exactly. He, he wasn't. He, he had zero consequences for what he had done. Yeah. But he said this, Father, I will take Mark's consequences yeah. so that Mark can be saved and go to heaven. He died for our sins on the cross. That's the yeah. point. So all our failures, he paid for. So he, he crosses a finish line, yeah. a race, breaks the tape. He's he's won it all. That's right. He's fu- he's fulfilled the law. It's done. And now, could you imagine if you had done that? If you had won, ran a marathon or some big thing, and you came in first, and then you decided, all right, now I'm going to put my pos- myself in the position as if I lost it all. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did for us. That's right. That's exactly. Yeah. There's all, and that, yeah. That, that's a great analogy for another point I'd like to make on that, Greg. Imagine if if you had to be, say, they had a bunch of hostages. We're going to kill them all if you don't win this race. We have our best runner. Mm. It's some kind of, you know, just demented type, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, evil yeah. guy. Yeah. And so he doesn't realize this guy's like the fastest guy in the world. So, boom, the gun goes off. Jesus wins the race, and Satan's all mad. And so everybody, let him go. They have to open up the gate and let him go. And the guys that get out of the gate say, well, yeah, no, we we we." We have to run. We, we need to run too. We have to run against him because. Oh we, yeah. He said, "No, no, I ran for you. You're free. You're yeah, free." Well, but you didn't. I didn't run. <laughs> I know you did. That's a good but point. But now yeah. I, I need to keep the Sabbath. Yep. And and I need to keep the feast. And and I need to, to sacrifice animals. And I need to do this. And he's like, "What? That no? That it's done. It is finished. I crossed the finished line, so to speak." Yes. Um. And so again, that's what we're going to be talking about on Sunday, and it's, it's such an important topic today, Greg, because there's a real temptation. Um. I see that it's blowing in the church. You know, Satan knows that we have a desire to want to kind of earn our way to heaven, and I think there's some spiritual pride that can come into because we're a little bit more spiritual than the next guy if we're keeping all these rules and regulations. Yeah. And um. And, and I and I and I'm very concerned, honestly, oftentimes about the messianic community. Because, you know, if there's any listening, and this is not to be offensive, this is my heart being shared right. as a pastor, I think sometimes there's even a greater pressure if you're Jewish and you've come to Jesus mm. Christ because you have that culture that wants to draw you back toward the law and all those things. And, and, and for, look, for the Jew, uh, again, the unsaved Jew, the Sabbath is still intact. Um, but for the saved the Jew, the law is still intact. It is. It is. But for the saved Jew, it's not. And, and again, there's no condemnation if somebody wants to set aside a day. They call a Sabbath. No condemnation if somebody wants to celebrate the feast. You can celebrate the feast. That's not a condemnation. Mm. Here's where the condemnation comes in: when the feast is what's going to save you, and you have to do it to please God, or the Sabbath is going to save you, and you have to do it to please God. That's where the problem comes in. And the reason I think there's a greater temptation, and I've seen this over the years, in some of my uh, Messianic Jewish friends. They get pulled into some of the law on the fringes because of the tradition and the background of Judaism. And you got to be so, so careful. Again, we don't want to condemn those that are free to celebrate these things. They want to celebrate. You're free to do that. But we have to be careful that doesn't become, if you don't do that, somehow you're not right with God. There's a real temptation there. So really, we have to be careful as a Gentile and as a Jew. Yeah. Well, and those things have also a spiritual and a prophetic significance as well. And so those are always, you know, neat things to explore, yeah. to understand. Uh, let me ask you a question without getting into uh, a, a faith uh, versus works teaching. Right. Would you say that the propensity to want to earn our way to heaven for those people that that think that they have to work their way or earn their way to heaven is somehow stems from the culture that we've grown up in and 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 probably maybe not of as recently because recently the culture has let the government take care of you and yeah. you don't have to do anything yeah. but but for most of us grew up in a society where we we were taught you know you 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 earned your keep you you worked your way through you you earned for the reward yeah. and those are all good things and quite honestly those in that sense in an earthly sense those things are biblical because those that that was laid out for us in the garden yeah you know as a result of the fall that we have to work so work is a good thing work god can use work to do good things in us. Yes. However, when it comes to our salvation, it's completely the opposite. But would you say you'd find that more prevalent here in America than maybe you would in other countries? Or at what? What's your um, well? And even understanding now, even now, that? more Greg. Good point. In this new generation, I mean, in 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 the physical realm, there is the reward of works. You get you yes. work hard, and you work, and that's biblical. You need to work hard, right. and you have reward for that. So what we do is we confuse that into the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, it's not works at all. It's trust in Jesus yes. Christ. Uh, and I know some will be saying, what about the book of James? You know, by your, show me your faith by your works and your works by faith. I get that. No, what it means is, is if you love God and you have faith in him, you're going to do works because right. it's, it's a, it's a response of love, but you're not doing those works 
to earn something. You're doing it as a response of what he already earned, and you're just thanking him, basically. Um, but yeah, in the physical realm, it's good to work hard. It's good to, to, to be diligent, and you get rewarded for that. The danger comes in in the spiritual realm. Now, your question, other countries, there may be a better uh, prospect in the way people view it in certain cultures. But it's interesting, the point you brought up, actually, in the culture we have today, which in the physical realm is wrong, and that is people are not working for what they get. That's wrong before God. The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So in the physical realm, our culture is now wrong in its mindset in thinking everyone should give them everything free. God would say, no, you need to work for it. You need to mm. earn it. That is in the physical realm. Okay. However, now because they have that mindset in the physical realm, when they get saved, it may be easier for them with that mindset to receive the free gift of Christ because there's nothing they can do to earn it. So it's funny. We struggle mm. with that because we, we know we had the physical side down, which was right. Work hard, get rewarded. Then when we transfer over to the spiritual realm, we still try to do the same thing. And, and, and God says, no, don't do that. I've done that. Um, what did Jesus say? To do the work of the, of, of, you know, the father is to believe in the son. So, but now you take those again that they're saying, oh, I should, I should get everything free. I shouldn't have to work, you know, and whatever. Well, they step in the spiritual realm. They may be doing a lot better than we are on the spiritual side yeah. once they get saved. So it's really kind of a, that's really a funny that juxtaposition is, yes. there that you brought up. But anyway, yeah, yeah we'll cover that. Why don't we take our whole time up yeah. on that? But uh, again, we're going to be looking at that more in detail on this Sunday. And so encourage those that, you know, our people again to, to prepare for that. But anybody that wants to learn or hear more about that subject to tune in or come on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't live in the Knoxville area, we invite you to just go to the, you can go to the waymedia.net or the Calvary Knoxville uh, YouTube page uh, Sunday morning at 1115. And you can watch the entire service streamed live, including Pastor Mark's teaching that he just shared just a little bit of, and we'll get more of that. Or if you don't live Sunday here morning. in this area, just move here like everybody else. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, no, but that's another that. topic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. An- another right. day. That's yes. great. We love having them. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, let's get into some One World Economy news. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the big three, so to speak, of, of what's going to happen in the world in the latter days, a coming together of a One World Government, a One World Religion, and a One World Economy, and this yeah. is more of the economic side of this, and this is from CNBC.com, Economic and Political Factors Behind an Excel of de-dollarization. Yeah, it's happening, Greg, and it's going to happen. More and more countries, it says, from Brazil to Southeast Asia nations are calling for trade to be carried out in other currencies besides the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar has been king in global trade for decades, not just because the U.S. is the world's largest economy, but also because of oil, a key commodity needed by all economies, big and small, is priced in the greenback. Most commodities are also priced and traded in U.S. dollars. But since the Federal Reserve embarked on a journey of aggressive rate hikes to fight domestic inflation, many central banks around the world have raised interest rates to stem capital outflows and a sharp depreciation of their own currencies. Now, some of this ends here. To be clear, the U.S. dollar remains the dominant in global forex uh, reserves, even though its share in central banks' uh, foreign exchanges reserves has dropped from more than 70% in 1999. Uh, the IMF data shows. So again, we do know there's going to be this transition over um, to a digital, you know, coin, digital coinage, if you will, uh, and and that's part of. I think the last days that'll be tied into the mark. It's going to be kept by or sell without it. It's going to be great. One of the greatest measures of control that the Antichrist could have is our money. I can tell you what you can buy, what you can't buy, when you can buy it, when you can't. I mean, literally every aspect of your life will be locked down when this happens can be and it will be at some point by the antichrist so this is another sign that we're headed very close to uh this uh the entrance of this man on the scene yeah well and another sign that we're getting closer to that is uh this next story uh from breitbart.com argentina is now shunning the u.s dollar and will now pay for china imports in the yuan, yeah. the Chinese currency. Yes, and and remember, China right now, Greg, and Russia are trying to form an alliance of a new yes. world currency to battle the dollar. Uh, it says that Argentina struck a deal with Beijing on Wednesday to stop using U.S. dollars to pay for Chinese imports and embrace the yuan instead. The measure, uh, driven by Argentina's leftist president, Alberto Fernandez, is designed to relieve the South American country's dwindling dollar reserves. The deal further enhances China's rise on the world stage and the diminished role of the U.S., uh, on the host fronts under President Joe Biden. Now, so listen, the overarching theme of these two verses is, is the dollar's going away to some degree. And, and, and really the over, overarching thing would be this. We're going toward a digital coin. 
Not so much that the dollar's going away, although that's happening. We are working toward a digital coin. Now, with that said, the dollar is so entrenched right now, Greg, worldwide, it's not going to be something that the dollar can just be transferred over to the one easily or to any other coinage. It's going to almost have to be a new digital currency that everybody buys into because we are so entrenched worldwide that it's really going to be hard to just do away with it, which is good for us in that sense. In other words, the dollar's not going to collapse as quickly as we may as we may think. It may lose its value, but everybody's still going to have to work with it. And I believe the dollar is still going to be in use until this new currency comes in place because you just can't replace. It's too deeply entrenched worldwide until they get that in. Now, what's interesting about that? There are reports coming out of Africa and other places where they're telling everybody to cash in all their dollars. They're saying, hey, the dollar's going to crash. Cash in your dollars. We're going to give you uh, our, our money or our exchange it for whatever. And they're doing these exchange because they're saying things like, we're going to change, you know, we're going to do exchange in the one now and we're going to do this or whatever. There are some that are saying, it's a very clever move to get the money from the people mm. because here's what will happen. They'll get them to trade their dollars in because, yeah, we're going to And they'll so- end up with worthless currency at yeah. the end of the day. And what will happen is they'll have the government will now have all these dollars that even though they lose value, the dollar can't be done away <laughs> with yet. So they'll end up still having all that yes. bank. Yes. And all the people will lose their money. It's very insidious. clever. It yes. is. It's insidious. But I think that may be going on to some degree. Uh, but just to encourage our listeners, look, I know everybody's worried about the dollar collapse and all that, and it may, and it has in the past. But realize, you still have the strongest currency in the world right now, and the dollar's not going anywhere immediately. I think it's going to probably hold on until we see this new currency come in. Um, and so although the dollar may not have much value, I still think in America we'll be doing better than other countries as we see things head into a slide. But either way, it's not good news for the dollar. But again, it is good news for the Antichrist and the coming digital <laughs> currency and the one world government, because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. So you just, and again, you know, you can't help, when you see big things like this, when you see, you know, Big uh, birth pangs, so to speak, you know, contractions come along with all of this. You can't help but wonder, okay, Lord, where where does the rapture fit into this timeline? Yeah. It's your timeline. Yeah. Only you know it, but it's like we can't help but wonder and ask ourselves when we take in all of God's word and what it says about us. Anyway. I mean, you realize how close it is, Greg. Think about yeah. it. We're so close to this transfer. Yes. And we know we have to be gone before the transfer. And again, I was reminded again today, for those who believe we're going to go into the Great Tribulation, look, we're the bride of Christ. He's not going to beat his wife before he takes her home. Yeah. You rescue your bride. You lift your bride. You protect your bride. So he's not going to beat his bride and then take his bride home all beaten up. And for those that are saying, yeah, but hasn't the church always suffered? Th-? Yes, the church has. At the hands of man and the Satan. The wrath of man, the wrath of Satan. But <laughs> yeah. the church has never been suffered at the hands right. of the wrath of God, which is what the the uh, Great Tribulation is going to be, which, by the way, the Great Tribulation starts day one of the seven years. It's not just a final three and a half. And, um, and so... I believe we have to be out of here. There's a lot, that's a whole other teaching we could get right. into. But either way, when, it's like you said, when I see these things happening, we've yeah. got to be so close. We need to be ready. Yeah. You think those first three and a half years also, uh, Pastor Mark, you would think that the wrath of Satan will be mighty in the world. Yeah, I would think it will be. You know, Greg, you think about, again, look at Sodom and Gomorrah and, and the angels said, look, Abraham said, if there's even 10 left, he said, I won't do it. I won't judge it. If there's even yeah. 10 there, I'm, I'm not sending my wrath. I'm not sitting in my wrath, even with just 10. There's a lot more than 10 here in America. There's a lot more than 10 around the globe in other countries. So God's not going to pour his wrath out yeah. on us, but he is going to, again, I, I think we could see the wrath. We could see the yeah. wrath of man and probably will and the wrath of Satan before the rapture. I don't know how much of that, like the, like the church has throughout history. Yep. But we're not going to see the wrath of God. Just like Jesus and the good shepherd when he said, you know, that he leaves the 99 to go find the one. That's right. The one lost sheep. That's so right. everyone has that level of value to yeah. the Lord like that. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing to remember. Amen. Yep. Amen. All right. Why can't we be friends? Pastor Mark and I are friends. Can we yeah. be friends? That's right. Are you Jewish? We love you. Some people don't. Algaminer.com is telling us that there's cries of death to the Jews yeah. heard at a pro-Palestinian demonstration in, of all places, Pastor Mark, I know. Berlin, yeah. Germany. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, there is there is something spiritual that's been going on for a long time in Germany and Berlin. You know, we see in Daniel chapter 10 uh, that there are regional demons over over countries. 
And that's described. If you go back and read Daniel 10, you'll see that. Gabriel had to fight his way through the demonic realm to get to Daniel, and Michael had to come help him and all that. So we see kind of behind the scenes where you have these echelons of, of demonic beings. And I do believe, Greg, there's a great stronghold there in Berlin. It might even be the headquarters of Satan. I don't know. We tend to think about Satan's headquarters as the place like, like North Korea where it's the worst I torture was and all Syria. that. Yeah. yeah, but at the same yeah. time, at the same time, you have to look at where the greatest influence is oftentimes for the demonic realm. And it's interesting. You know, Germany, again, of course, had the whole thing in the Holocaust. Uh, we know that Hitler, a picture of the Antichrist was based out of there. We know that Zeus is the, uh, again, the, the premier false god, uh, probably representing some fallen angel. Maybe they, some say Satan himself. And that he, he moved, uh, Zeus's, um, you know, temple to Berlin. There's so many things about Berlin, and then this, 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 it's very demonic. But listen to what happened. German police have lost an investigation following a pro-Palestinian demonstration in Berlin. No surprise there to me. Over the weekend, at which participants chanted death to the Jews and death to Israel. Slogans uh, prescribed uh, under Germany's string, stringent post-Holocaust laws to combat uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, anyway, these, these are slogans that, again, are not supposed to be used. The 500 mainly Muslim demonstrators gathered on Saturday in the Kreuzberg and um, Nukon neighborhoods of the German capital. A video of, of the event captured by DMOC, an independent NGO, caught some of the demonstrators shouting death to the Jews, as well as the rhythmic chants of death to Israel with, with our blood and our spirit, we will liberate you, Al-Aqsa. Now, again, that's talking about the Al-Aqsa uh, mosque there on the Temple Mount, yeah. a reference to the mosque in eastern Jerusalem that has been the site of clashes in the last week between Palestinians and Israeli forces. So, you know, again, keep your spiritual glasses on, listeners, because these these are spiritual battles. That's what they are. And 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 you see the spirit. When your eyes are open, Greg, you see it so clearly. This focused demonic activity coming out of Germany, out of Berlin specifically, this focused demonic activity from the Muslim community against the Jew and against uh, Israel and also against the Christian. Um, You know, it's interesting. They have, again, they have a totally different God than the Jews and the Christians. You know, people try to claim they have the same God. Well, ask them, listen, the God of the Jew and the Christian is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ask the Muslim, is your God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? They'll say, oh, no, no, no. No, it's the God of Abraham. But they won't say Isaac and Jacob because they say it goes to Ishmael. Right. So our Bible says our God is the yeah. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They have a whole different God. So it's not the same God. Those gods can't be compared. And their God is at war with our God. Of course, their God is not a God. And again, but the bottom line is the, the true God the Christians have. And he's also the God over Israel, although they don't know him yet. Yeah. And um, so, again, this is a spiritual battle, and you can, you just, you can see it yeah. and, and even predict it from certain places on the planet. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, several years ago, and we, we talked about this, uh, I don't remember if it was a result of a civil war or something there with Turkey and Syria, or there was, there was some skirmish that went on that caused this mass exodus of Muslims from that region to find refuge in Germany. Do you remember that? Yes, that was just a few years back. Just a few years and, back. And they, they, well, they just flooded. Yeah, and you know, they, have, they just flooded Europe. I'm just wondering, are we now beginning to see the fruits oh, yeah. of that oh, yeah. there? And, I, and again, another scripture verse that popped in my mind as we were talking about Berlin is 1 John 5, 19. Those that are, under, that are not in Christ Jesus are under the sway of the enemy. And it's like, man, if you're in his, in his main cooking pot yeah. you know, there in Berlin, yeah. can you imagine how easy it is to stir those that are under the sway? Oh, yeah. Again, you're right, Greg. Just magnifies. Just magnifies. Just yeah. Anyway, yeah. so we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a mess. It is it's a, a mess. mess. Well, that's Pastor Mark, who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times. It's our weekly take on Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news on WIAM, LP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we have tagged as Podcast 262, available through all of your popular podcast outlets. And now, you've got mail. It is time for a listener question. This is from Mark who enjoys signs of the times in Maryville, Tennessee. And he writes, I've heard where Moses and Elijah or Enoch could be the two witnesses that come back in Revelation. Could the same be true with Judas coming back as the Antichrist? Just wanted to hear your take on it, or if you've heard these comparisons in the past, and to give your thoughts on it. 
Yeah, again, I, no, I don't see any... I've never biblical, heard of that before. That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, you're thinking about, you know, outside the box here, Mark, but I, I don't see, again, I don't see, there's no scripture at all that would back this up, that Judas could have any ability to come back. Um, as a matter of fact, really, with Judas, it would appear... Uh, Judas was very remorseful of what he did. He didn't really repent, um, but he was remorseful, tried to give the money back. Yeah, he wanted uh, he, he wanted out of his yeah, sin. He wanted out. He wanted out. It was too late. He'd gone too far. So the thought that he might come back to do something when he's already out, I think that one thing would, you know, that kind of disc, uh, excludes that. But, you know, you have to, we have to be careful. We stay within the confines of, of scripture there. And so there's no, there's no scripture that I know of that would even hint toward that. As a matter of fact, there's scriptures that do hint. Uh, toward it being very possibly, Greg, a uh, a spirit or a demon uh, back during the days of early Rome, uh, maybe around the time of Judas, but yeah. it would be, it, but but not Judas. So, well, I was going to say Jesus said of Judas in Mark four, Mark fourteen twenty one. It, Jesus said it would have been better for Judas had he never been born. Yeah, yeah, and and again, remember the, we don't see anyone that goes to Hades ever Mm-mm. being released ever. Uh, even for example, the, we talk about the the the, uh, the witnesses that are coming back. Well, they went there with the Lord, so they didn't go to Hades. They're coming back now to fulfill a ministry. But everybody that goes to Hades, that's it. You can't get out. You're locked in there. It's a done deal. So Judas is in Hades right now. There's no indication that he would ever be released until Judgment Day, and um, and so I no I don't I don't see that that being a possibility. But again, I I I see why you'd be thinking that way because you know he's the son of perdition and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and a very good question. But I, I think that there's no scripture to back that up. So I wouldn't think we're going to see Judas coming back. Yeah. Well, Mark, thanks for your question. If you've got a question like Mark, maybe you've heard some wives' tales or some things, uh, you know, about certain people in the Bible, and will they have a part in end times things? Whatever your prophecy question, we invite you to visit us at thewaymedia.net. Just click on Signs of the Times, and you'll see where you can ask your prophecy question, or you can read the frequently asked questions and Pastor Mark's answer to those. All right, let's get to our smorgasbord of Pestilence, plagues, disasters with a whole cream full of corruption. Yeah. This is from ABC News. New York City names its first ever rat czar. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. At first, they were upset that somebody would, would, would call them that. I mean, it was like, then they were like, oh, wait, you're not calling me that. You're, I'm over it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm being silly. That, again, I don't even know this lady. I'm sure she's very nice. I'm, I don't mean to. Well, I mean, you know, maybe she emanates from Ratatouille or something. Yeah. Well, again, it's interesting they would even need a rat czar. But you know, again, I guess this does kind of fall under pestilence and all that because we know that rats do bring in pestilence. And yeah. it's interesting. Their, their problem is so bad now in New York, they have to have a rat, you know, somebody to oversee the rat problem. You know, Orkin is not going to do it. Kathleen Karate has been named the city's director for rodent. Uh, did you say Kathleen Karate? Kathleen, I guess Karate is how you say it. Wow, could be Karate. Karate looks so like to me. Uh, so sure, she, she could be a wonderful person. She's going nice. to put the roundhouse kick to the rats. That's right. She's going to take care them. of them. And again, you know, I, with my silly joke, she may be a great, a great lady here. But I'm l- sure. Listen to what it says. You'll be seeing a lot of me and a lot less rats, she said. Karate said <laughs> Wednesday. You give them the karate chops. Is that what you're saying? Right? Yeah, something else. But it's not karate. It's, it's I know. ADI, but I know. karate. Anyway. Um, anyway. I'm just being silly. After she was introduced by Mayor Eric Adams, she said, that's it. You know, we're getting rid of the rats. And it's funny when she said we're getting rid of the rats. Uh, half of the, um, the politicians in there had to leave. <laughs> I knew that was, that was good. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, she, they all got nervous when she said that. They all started fidgeting. <laughs> added, the big cat came in. Yes, added Adam. She said, Kathy has the knowledge, drive and experience and energy to send rats packing <laughs> and create a cleaner, more welcoming city for all New York. They need to send her to Washington. I mean, to get us to be, This you needs to be a new Marvel movie. You what clean, is it? Ant-Man and the Wasp and the out, Rat Lady? Yeah, you clean out the house and send it. You send her up there. <laughs> Anyway, the, the mayor also announced $3.5 million for rat mitigation in Harlem. Uh, the money will be fund, uh, will fund new techniques and new staff members to inspect, exterminate, and clean the public spaces. It says, he hates rats. I hate, I hate rats. Every New Yorker hates rats, Karate said. Rats are tough, but New Yorkers are tougher. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you see New Yorkers fighting rats in the middle of the street. Well, if I just feel bad. They have to get rid of, a lot of them have to get rid of their pets. Yes. Know, it's going uh, to be sad now. Who are you going to talk to when you can walk out in the morning? You know, your buddy's gone. There he is every yeah. morning waiting on you. And- what animal, Pastor, I know, maybe you know this, what animal would you, would you get to chase down and hunt down rats? 
Uh, well, I doubt they're going to get animals. Uh, they're going to probably use other exterminating yeah. techniques. Yeah, but, I didn't um, know. I mean, I didn't know. Why. I knew they knew used miniature schnauzers and castles in Germany, yeah. but I don't know if it was for mice or for because rats a rats a completely different rodent. I would say, by giant, the way, uh, they'll put giant snakes, but they don't think they'll be after rats. Okay. You know? Yeah, and I doubt they're going to be doing that. Okay. Well, um, there's snakes in Washington too, so that's perfect. There you go. See, look, I think we're the snakes <laughs> and the rats. Then we go start over with a whole new Congress and Senate. I'm sorry. Uh, Some of them, I'm sure, are, are wonderful people, but yes. we have a lot of people that aren't so wonderful. Yes. But either way. So Either way. <laughs> okay. All right. On the edge today. Yes. Bring it in. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the church. Get to the church on time. We love the church. But some people don't. Breitbart.com is reporting a 2023, I guess a report from 2023, uh, seeing a significant increase in violence against churches. Yeah, and this doesn't surprise me, Greg. I think we're going to see a lot more um, violence against churches and against Christians. This is going to, remember, the Bible says in the last days the Jews will be hated. We talked about that in the last article, two articles ago. And also the believers are going to be hated. Matter of fact, in Matthew 24, um, it says that, you know, that after, you know, we're going to be so hated, um, the whole world is going to turn against us. And so we can expect to see these kind of things happen. Uh, January through March of 2023 has seen a significant increase in acts of hostility against churches compared to the same time frame last year, according to the April report um, that was there in um uh, from the Family Research Council. Research conducted by Family Research Council indicates criminal acts against churches steadily on the rise for the past few years, as a matter of fact. In the first quarter of 2023, has continued an upward trend. They said in the first quarter of 2023, 69 incidents have already occurred. If this rate continues uh, in 2023, we will have the highest number of incidents of the six years that they've been following this or tracking it uh, in this upper trend. So six years, worst they've had in six years. Most of the 2023 incidents occurred in January. 14 occurred in February. 12 occurred in March. And let me just share again a scripture here, Greg, out of Matthew 24. This is the Lord talking about the last days and what's going to be happening. Listen to what he says. Uh, he talks about this. Uh, I'm going to start in verse um Seven for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. This the context is the last days, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Well, we're seeing that on the increase. And he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Now again, I believe the rapture takes place between verse eight and verse nine. Although we as Christians could still face man's tribulation and satan's tribulation but uh i do believe this is referring here to after the rapture because it gets into more jewish type content here he says they'll deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you and you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake notice that all nations and then many will be offended will betray one another will hate one another many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because of this lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold notice this but he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come so one of the things we're watching for is an increased hatred and persecution of the jews and israel and an increased hatred and persecution of the church so to say this is happening doesn't surprise me uh, one bit at all. And and I think we're going to see this ramped up. You know, it's interesting, Greg. The fear of God has been lost in large part uh, by the unbelievers in America. This is where America used to be. The majority of Americans were Christians. And so you didn't really have these problems. Then you started kind of having a lessening of the number of Christians. But the Gentiles, the unsaved Gentiles, let's just say we're all Gentiles pretty much except for the Jews in America. But the unbelievers they still had a level of fear and respect for God and the church to some degree. Uh, not all of them, but some, the majority. So they leave the church alone. We've crossed over now into a new generation where they not only have no fear and respect for any authority, basically, but even God and the church, they like, we don't care. Just anarchy. Listen, they had this Satan con thing last week. Yes. Um, in Boston. Yeah. They started it out by ripping up a Bible. Now, think about this. Those of you that are with me on this, when you were an unbeliever before you came to the Lord, how many of you would have felt comfortable, even as an unbeliever, ripping up a Bible? 
as an as an unbeliever, I would that would have scared me to death. I would have never ripped up a Bible, let alone touching. One. I would have been just uh, there'd been enough yeah. belief that there's a God out there for me to tear that. He's, he may get mad at me. And but Greg, what's happened is the fear of God, truly the fear of God, has left a large portion of this nation and the world in the last days. It's going to get worse and worse. As a matter of fact, the Bible says when the Lord comes back, He said, "Will the Son of Man find faith when He comes back to the earth?" So you're going to see a waning of faith, a waning of belief, a waning of the fear of God. And when that happens, you're going to see a greater and greater courage to attack and abuse those who follow God. So this article doesn't surprise me, um, and I think we're going to see a lot more. Wow. Uh, before we get to our next church article, just wanted to interject something really quick before we get too far, and that is someone had contacted me on the secret text line, yes. and it's Rat Terriers. Uh, specifically really? breed of dog that will go after the rats. A rat and terrier. A rat terrier, literally. And it's a medium-sized dog. It's a good-sized dog, uh, but it'll go after the rats. I doubt so, they're going to be releasing a bunch of uh Or the American Kennel Club will have a rat terrier convention in Washington, D.C. How about that? Yeah. You could do that. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. That is something. All it right. is something. Well. So anyway, just wanted to throw that in there uh, for those of you that might want to try to contact me later and let me know rat terrier. Thank you for that. Uh, our next article comes from ChristianPost.com. PCUSA, I'm assuming that stands for the Presbyterian Church of the USA. Yes, it does. Uh, PCUSA lost over 100 churches and 53,000 members in 2022. Pastor Mark, why did they lose these members? You know, it's interesting, Greg. Last week, we talked about the Methodist Church, and they lost a bunch. Yeah, the whole... Uh, the whole well, I don't know. Was it... Was it Within the Holston Conference. But was that vote across all the Methodist Church in the U.S.? You know, I I just remember the article only spoke about those that were lost within the Holston Conference. I don't really know. I don't remember if we covered larger than that. Anyway. But we talked about that, and, and that's very sad. But we talked about for those who took a stand, not to go along with these unbiblical practices that much of the church is going into. You know, That's the thing to do. Take that stand, and, and you'll lose that position, but that's okay. Um, now we see in the PCA USA, and there's different, again, remember, there's different Presbyterian churches. There's, that's just a different branch. The Presbyterian PCA is one branch, and there's the regular Presbyterian church is another. But they're now losing large numbers of people as well. Let me read the article, then we'll talk about why both of them are losing their congregants. Uh, Pre, uh, Presbyterian Church USA lost more than 100 congregations and over 53,000 members. Greg, this was just in 2022, last year. Reflecting the years-long trend of decline for the mainline Protestant uh, denomination, the PCUSA Office of the General Assembly released its annual statistics for 2022 this week, which was found that the denomination dropped from having approximately 1.193 million members to approximately 1.14 million members. Additionally, the PCUSA saw the number of members... Uh, member congregations declined from 8,813 in 2021 to 8,705, as well as their number of ministers dropped from 18,458 to 18,173. Again, with those numbers, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you break it down, that's a lot. Its membership is now around 160,000 lower than the approximate, uh, approximated 1.32, uh, 1.3 million reported in 2019. And less than half the approximately 2.5 million members reported in 2000. Now, why are these churches losing so many of their congregants? You know, Greg, I was looking at this passage um, just this week again. Peter said, um, judgment begins at the house of God. And I want to be very careful and walk gingerly as I say this. I am not saying I know all the reasons all this is happening. But the reason these churches are pulling away is because they're taking unbiblical stands. And as you begin to take unbiblical stands, what it does is it forces people within a movement, whatever movement it is, you can pick on any denomination or non-denomination, Calvary Chapel, anybody else. If there are things that the world starts trying to bring in that the church is accepting, you're going to see division. Jesus said this, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword to divide even father from mother, you know, daughter from son, etc. It's not that the Lord doesn't want unity. It's not that the Lord doesn't want peace. What he's saying is in the context of what he was saying if you're going to live righteously and stand on my word, it's going to bring division. In a certain portion of the Methodist church, there, were, there was a group, they took a stand on, words, on God's word. We're standing here, we're not budging. This is God's word, we're not moving. The other group that wanted to go away from God's word, it caused a division. You had a big group of people leave. Now within the same, the PCA USA, you've got the same thing. 
You've got a group here that wants to stand on the Word of God and, and closer to the Word of God in, in these in these issues, these social issues that are coming in, and another group that says, no, we need to accept all these social issues that go against the Word of God, and it's bringing division. Now I'll go back to the verse where the Lord Peter said in, in Peter, um, judgment begins at the house of God. And what that means is, if God's going to judge our nation and purify our nation, he's going to start with his own people. He's going to start in the church. It'll start in Calvary Chapel, Knoxville. It'll start in PCUSA. It'll start in Methodist. It'll start in every denomination and non-denomination. God will start there. You'll see pastors removed. You'll see people removed. God brings in discipline and chastisement. Uh, I think when COVID hit, you saw a bunch of chastisement. I think there was a lot of, um, uh, of even within the church, there was a purification process that took place then. Yeah. And also, too, would you not also see not just necessarily chastisement, but maybe those that have been pricked about where they're at, and maybe you see growth in their lives. So now yeah, maybe you see a, maybe you see the positive side of that right, judgment, right. which is a growth in your believers, you know, more mature believers, yes. that kind of thing. Yes, it's positive and negative. And yes. again, remember, the Lord's whole bringing it of the chastisement when this kind of stuff happens is so that we'll learn, that we'll grow, we'll repent. And, and the whole point of this is that those who are going away from the Word of God in these movements— could say, you know what? Maybe yeah. we messed up. We need to get back to the Word of God. So it begins there. So you're gonna. I think you're gonna see a lot more of this. I think mm-hmm. these. This is back to back now. We've seen these these reports come out, Greg. I think we're gonna see more and more of these kind of reports coming out. The closer we get to the last days, uh, or the, the Lord removing His church, because He's gonna start with us, and He's gonna He's gonna deal with us first, and then He's gonna move into the rest of the world and start dealing with the world. So you would expect this to happen. You know, one of the things we have to realize is that the more you know, the more accountable you are. And so the church knows better because we have the Bible, we have the Word of God. So God's going to hold us to a higher standard and a higher level of accountability, and I think that's what's happening here in these movements. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, before we move on to our next, I wanted to uh, go back to our New York City rat article. Another person on our <laughs> secret text line said that ferrets and rats are natural enemies. Okay. So that's good. So if you've got a ferret, you probably don't have rats okay. if you're letting the ferret run loose. Interesting. Uh, isn't that interesting? And this is another, uh, uh, this is a good one. Uh, when talking about the uh, Satan con that happened in Boston, right. apparently we had some brothers and sisters evangelizing there at Satan con. Oh, wow. And Fox News has an article uh, that 100 people uh, had given their lives to Jesus Christ at oh, Satan wow. con wow. as a result of God using the evangelists there. Wow. Um, so anyway, I'll send you that article so you can enjoy that later. But that's just an, you know. Yeah, and, and again, just look at yeah. the boldness, Greg, that's happening here. We talked about the loss of the fear of God. We're talking yeah. about, look how bold, I mean, to hold an event called Satan con. To have like Satan after school clubs they have now. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, in, in just even even twenty years ago, it's like no. I mean, this is Never. like so over the top. It's moved so quickly. And by the way, the Bible says in the last days things are going to move really fast, which yeah. makes me think we're that much closer. Yeah. A satanic church activity, things of that nature, uh, you know, might have been the the folklore of movies. Yeah. Uh, but in reality it was done in the dark places it was not done out in open daylight it wasn't publicized it wasn't promoted it wasn't heralded is something wonderful the way it is now yeah yeah no absolutely and and again remember the closer we get to the end the more we're going to see and the less the world's going to see and so there's going to be a greater greater divide we talked about the divide happening in some of these movements here there's going to be a greater and greater divide among um uh, the believers the true believers and just the world Okay, because the light's going to get brighter and the world's going to get darker, and the two, they're like ferrets and rats. They they are <laughs> natural, natural enemies. enemies and they push each other <laughs> apart, and it's not going to work. <laughs> I've never had a ferret before. So. They bite. I, that wouldn't be good. I, they bite. Well, as long as they're like biting them. rats, and they I don't stink. Care. And, I'm sorry, I heard oh, people's feelings. They have a smell and they bite. Now, if you have a ferret, you love your ferret. I'm sorry. <laughs> Enjoy your ferret. Just make sure it's not really a rat and you've been tricked. That's right, yes. <laughs> Deception will fall in the last. That's right. That's anyway, right. Uh, ChristianHeadlines.com. Here's some good news. Hopefully this is good news. New Texas bill would require schools to display the Ten Commandments yeah. in every classroom. Didn't they used to be displayed they in every were, classroom? Yes. Isn't okay. it amazing? But this is great news if they do this. But yes, it used to be the Ten Commandments were regular you know, um, documents inside schools and everywhere until 62 and 63. Um, but now, of course, they're taken out. Texas is really leading the way on getting things back where they need to be. I'm seeing a real uh, attack on Texas to try to make them more uh, liberal. But at the same time, Greg, they're making the right stands. And you got to love Tennessee and Texas because we're making the strongest stands right now in the country. 
Um, but listen to what it says. A new Texas bill, if enacted, would require public primary and secondary schools in Texas to show poster-sized displays of the Ten Commandments in a conspicuous place in each classroom. And I read just today, I think, that the Senate approved it uh, there in Texas. So anyway, Senate Bill 1515, sponsored by State Senator uh, Phil King, includes a requirement regarding the exact size of the posters, and the inclusion of the words, Thou shall." Uh, and the start uh, at the start of each commandment, the state Senate Education Committee, of which King is a part, is expected to consider the bill this week. Separation of church and state advocates argue that the bill violates the separation and enables schools to use taxpayer money to buy the posters. King explained in a statement that the bill became legally feasible due to last year's U.S. Supreme Court ruling in Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. That decision overturned the lemon test under the Establishment Clause and instead provided a test whether a government display of religious content comports with America's history and tradition, King wrote. So the bottom line is, a lot of uh, wording there, but the bottom line is they're going to have the Ten Commandments back in the school. I think that's fantastic. I mean, now now here's my question. Does that mean they're going to allow them to bring in some something like the Satan Commandments or whatever? Is it going to be one of these battles over if they get to do it, we do it like we talked about the the you know the school after school things for Satan or whatever? Right. I don't know, but I mean, I'm good for these guys. This is a great thing. You know, let's go back to 1962 and 1963 for a minute, yeah, Pastor Mark. Because, absolutely. Because in the schools at that time, it, it wasn't like you were having a church service, right? Um, sharing the Bible in the classrooms during that time and having prayer in that time was maybe more akin to reciting the um, uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, it was a part of our culture. It, it was part of, part of the culture yeah. and part of what you did. So it wasn't, and I'm not going to say that people didn't give their lives to the Lord in the school system as a result of that. I mean, God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and I've got no proof to the contrary of that. But the point is, is that it, what it did is that it, at least instilled that fear. Save some by yeah. fear. At least, yeah. and that doesn't mean that everyone abided. We right. there were still issues in the sixties. Don't get me wrong, but not like it happened right after those things were removed. And we yeah. have the FBI statistics for yeah. that. Uh, David Barton's book, Original Intent, even has those statistics from the FBI. But it wasn't like a church service. But for some reason, just even having the Bible in the public schools, even having it read in the public schools, and the opportunity to pray for one another or with one another in the public schools, that was just way too much for Satan. Well, Greg, Satan is very aggressive. And what you'll notice about Satan is he doesn't just sit back and let stuff happen. He goes after it. In 1962, he came after prayer. That was the very first thing. We want no prayer in schools. It wasn't hurting anybody. It wasn't like the schools were promoting prayer. It just was allowed, and you did it, and it was part of the culture, right. right? Nope, can't have it. Going after it. So goes after it. 62, prayers taken out because, okay, you can't do that. That's a bad thing. It's like, since when did prayer become bad? Then in 1963, again, the Bible. They used to have these um, in the South, you know, these, and still did it for many years after that. These, I mean, in our area, these ladies would come in with these little, those whiteboards or where they put all those velvet things on them. What they oh, call yeah. them? Oh, um. yeah. Well, we used to use them in kids' church. Anyway, yeah. The felt, the felt, the felt boards. boards, yeah. Felt boards, they yes. would bring those in, and they present the gospel in elementary school to the kids. And, I mean, these, these churches, it was fantastic. And, uh, and so, and again, the Word of God was there. And, of course, they had to hit that, too. So in 63, they came over. Now we, got the, we, we saw that we were successful mm-hmm. right. in taking out prayer. Now we're coming after the Word. And they took them out. And, again, the book, Original Intent by Barton, a great book to buy, he charts it. To show what happened, starting in 62, the, it already began slightly in 63 when the Word of God came out. Greg, it just it just went off the charts. In Hockey the, stick style. In the immorality and the horrible things. Remember, prior to those years, uh, the top they were, they were listing the top things in the class or in school that people got in trouble for: running in the hall, chewing gum, <laughs> talking in class. Oh my yes. goodness, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, yeah. right. And and it immediately changed, Greg. And now we're looking at things like rape, murder, drug abuse. I mean, it is. We're looking at putting metal detectors in elementary schools. And it literally, you can follow the chart. It literally began the moment they yanked those things out. It's almost like, can't you see what we've done and what we're doing? So I applaud them for bringing this back. And you, you know, the thing is, is that you wonder, you know. When, when the culture just accepted it because of who we were, it went well. What's it going to be like trying to force that back in now where you have a lot of people, especially a lot of people now moving in from California, not picking on the California people, but a lot of moving in from California into Texas. And a lot of them have different views than conservatism. 
And what's it going to be like when they get there? Listen, I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time until enough lawyers move in. They don't like it. They do all the lawsuits. They do all the stuff. And even if you get to put it in there, I wouldn't be surprised if they overturn something and take it right back out. You know, God's not going to defend a nation that's going to fight against him. And, and, and the thing that scares me about where we are as a nation now is you don't, you don't have many people that are standing with God, so to speak. You got Tennessee, you got Texas. I'm sure there's a couple other states. I just happen to know ours because here's where we are. Right. But, um, it's gotten so bad, Greg, that they are now, I mean, passing laws that if you stand against wickedness, for example, Washington State, Oregon, if you stand against wickedness, then you can be in trouble. I think it's Washington uh, State just passing this thing that you know, kids can have these transition surgeries without their parents knowing it. And, and there's certain things that if you do to try to stop it, you can get in trouble and get, you know, and in, 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 it's, it's awful. In Ireland now, you can get jail time for certain things. And Washington State, they're passing laws that say kids without their parents' permission can have these medical surgeries that transition, that, that they literally mutilate their bodies, cut off their private parts without their parents knowing. How, how in the world is that even possible? Um, that's where we've come to as a nation. And so when you talk about America one day eventually being judged by God, I don't think it can be avoided. No. And I think those states are going to turn into third world countries. Yeah. Uh, because you've got businesses that are pulling out. Yeah. Uh, because of rampant theft, yeah, uh, they just can't survive in that environment. Yeah, uh, and so now you have anarchy. You have uh, just the total meltdown of a society that has made past laws to basically prevent anything good well, from happening. I mean, we're we're not even talking about what we were just talking about there in terms of taking the prayer in 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 prayer and the Bible out of public schools. We're just talking about decency and respect in honoring your parents that they have any kind of say so in the lives of their children yeah i mean kids can't vote until they're 18 they can't drive until they're 16 uh they there's all these things they can't do but yet when they're they're nine or ten years old they can they can choose their own gender it's ridiculous like they're mr potato head yeah, it's ridiculous yeah children are children they're immature they don't know what's best for them that's why god gave parents so god gave parents to protect these little tiny children pr- protect their minds protect foolish decisions till they get to an age we say we set it now at 18 where they can make their own decisions on their own choices even then their brains don't develop till the 20s fully develop and that's pretty recognizable we can yes. see that but the reality <laughs> is um what satan is doing greg he's taking away the only protection that god has given to kids god said here's the protection for you first he did it in the womb Take away the protection of the child in the womb. That should be the safest place on the planet. So he allows abortion to come in where the, the, the child can be killed in the womb. Then if the child is born and that's not successful, he goes to the next layer. Let's take away the protection from parents. Children should be able to make their own decisions. That is nonsense. They are children. They make foolish decisions. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. And so it just it makes me angry because you see the hand of Satan doing yes. this. And again, trying to get a hold of the next generation and to destroy them. And by the time these kids realize, I have mutilated my body. You know, I, I remember growing up seeing other religions that would have their in their they would mutilate their bodies and mutilate their kids and talk about how horrible that was. Now we're doing it in America. We're we are the horrible ones. We're the ones letting our kids do it and encouraging our kids to do it. And Greg, this is um, it's going to be. I mean, what is the next generation going to be like? Again, this is another reason I believe we're that close, that much closer to the Lord's return. How much longer can this go on? Um, I don't know. When the Bible describes, you know, that it'll be like the days of Noah, well, if you don't know what the days of Noah were like, I guess we're kind of living in them. Yeah, yeah. It's violence, evil, continually in people's hearts and minds. But I don't even think even back then they're thinking like this. Yeah. I mean, this is just not even sane. Well, I don't know. I don't know, though, Greg. I mean, again, the the Bible doesn't give us all the details, but it talks about Noah's day is really, really. I mean, if only eight people got saved, Uh, yeah, out of out of you know what, yeah, how many the whole world, yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. Um, But you know, again, it it brings us to a a a good point as we close today, and that is the question is: Are are you saved? Mm. Do you know Jesus Christ? And um, look. If you if if God has been ministering to you, maybe you're listening to this show. You don't even know why you've been listening. Uh, you're not a Christian. Maybe you, you you maybe you think you're a Christian, but you say, "I don't really know that I know God." Let me ask you this: If you died today, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you'd go to heaven? Do you know that? If you've got any question in your mind, you need to give your life to Christ because the Bible says God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're in Him, and it's as easy as this. The Bible says because we could not earn our way to heaven, like we talked about in the law earlier, because we are guilty of sin, God came in the form of a man went to the cross, died on the cross, spilled his blood, 
to pay for your sin. Here's the thing. You've got to go take that payment. It doesn't just automatically cover your sin. You've got to go to Jesus and say, I believe that you died for me. I believe your blood paid for my sin. Lord, I confess I'm guilty. I confess I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I believe your blood paid for me on the cross. Wash me clean. I give my life to you. And then you've got to repent as you turn from your sin and follow Jesus. And the Bible says if you do that, you will be born again. That's why Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You were born once physically. Now you need to be born spiritually. Look, I make an appeal to you. Be born again. It's through Jesus and a heartfelt prayer. And he'll receive you today. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you, folks, for listening. Don't forget the waymedia.net is not only the place where you can enjoy everything signs of the times related, but Pastor Mark's daily radio program, Come to the Table, our radio station, and the ever-growing teaching library of our church, Calvary Knoxville. We hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today are pointing to God's Word as signs of the times.